Hey, and welcome to the Happy Hippie Podcast. My name is Amanda McCormack. I am your host. This show is all about exploring the different ways that we can add happiness into our lives. So it's all about holistic wellness, whether that be talking about topics to increase happiness in your brain or in your body or in just what you're experiencing in your day-to-day life. It will be covered on this show. If you're new here, I'm a personal trainer, a yoga teacher, a certified nutrition coach, and I've just been through it. And I, (laughs) I'm like a happy person now. And I feel like it was always a journey to kind of discover these things. So that's what I'm pretty much sharing on the show is my journey besides the background that I have in health. I've just, I'm just really passionate about all of this stuff. So thank you so much for tuning in. This episode is really cool. Um, I am a really big fan of this topic. We're going to be talking about the brain. (laughs) And in the second part, you're going to get actionable steps. So we're going to be talking about the brain and why it kind of holds you back and why you may feel this word that comes up a lot, procrastination, why maybe you procrastinate or you find yourself being a perfectionist and not getting work done, or you just find that you're not taking leaps that you want to be taking. So this episode is for you if you want to make changes in your life, if you want to stick to your word, and if you want to understand the science of why we procrastinate and put things off and how to actually fix that. Like I have a breakdown of what I do for when I come up with big ideas and how I actually make them into reality instead of just almost making them like wishes and goals that I don't do anything about. And then my background again as a trainer and somebody that works with people who literally come to me with goals and my job is to break them down into attainable things. I'm going to show you how to do that, like physically in either a planner or your own journal and how you can break it down into like very specific things, but we're also going to be hitting it with a side of compassion because there's an element of like self-development sometimes that I feel is so harsh, you know, where it's like, you need to better yourself and do this and that. And I'm not like, like, I'm going to help you out, but you have to have compassion with yourself. So this will be a fun journey. Hopefully you learn a lot about everything up in the brain and getting tangible steps on how to get through this and also how to be kind to yourself because that's always going to be our underlying theme. So I've broken down this episode into four sections. The first thing is going to be the science behind why we procrastinate, why we don't take action on these big ideas we have and kind of let them just fester and sit there. So then step two is going to be talking about tips and actual steps on how to take these big ideas and make them manageable. So whatever your idea is, you can use this formula that I'm going to talk about to break it down. And then the third thing is some other examples on ways that you can take action. Like let's say you you have an idea, but you don't actually know what to do. That's what section three is going to be about. And then finally, our last section, I have some journaling prompts to help you dig deeper and organize um, and kind of get clear on things. So let's get into it. First section, all about the brain. I'm very excited because I feel like the brain, like once I started to understand what each part of the brain really does and sometimes how they clash, it makes everything feels so much nicer in life, knowing that you're not crazy and that sometimes our brain is wired to do certain things. And then other times, different parts of the brain are almost conflicting against it. So I want to call this section, the clash, the clash of the prefrontal cortex and the limbic brain. So I'm going to break down what the heck those are. And hopefully you can keep this in your, in your brain for the rest of the time when you come across different situations. Like I literally love knowing why we do things, like understanding why as a human we do things because it just makes, it makes everything so much better. So there's two main factors to blame on why we procrastinate tasks or make excuses or hold ourselves back. And it has to do with two conflicting parts in the brain. Basically, we have two sections of the brain that were developed at different times for different things. And they're kind of at like a mini war with each other all the time. 
that's why sometimes it feels hard because our brains are wired one way and then we feel something in another part of the brain but it goes against a different part of the brain so it's a little confusing but I'm going to break it down for you so you can understand it a lot better so we're going to start with visualizing the brain the brain itself when you think of it like the giant pink blob there's a brain stem like the part that connects your brain to your spine in evolution that was what we had first like we weren't human yet we were whatever the term would be we were almost like weird mammals that developed from like a fish or, you know, like the evolution theory. So we had the brainstem. So that was the first thing we had. And as an organism that was like new life, our first kind of instinct in the world was just to survive. So like the way the brain was built, it starts from the stem and then it worked its way up over time and evolution more. It got more complex as it built. So when you think about the base of the brain, it's more like instinctual survival stuff going on. And then slowly over time, as you kind of move up the brain, that's where more of the complex thinking happens in the brain. So if you think about it going down to the brain stem, like the bottom of the brain, it's even sometimes referred to as the reptilian brain because again, like I said, the evolution, that's the part that, um, they all have. So there's the brainstem and then the part of the brain right above the brainstem, like literally touching the brainstem is called the limbic system or the limbic brain. And that's the first part of the brain we're going to be talking about this bottom section here. So the limbic system is the part of the brain that basically deals with three key functions. So I believe it's emotions, memories, and arousal, which have to do very like animalistic, you know, like eat, poop, sex type stuff. So that's what that part of the brain has to do with very primal instincts. And when scientists, this this is so weird, but when scientists do like experiments, they usually stimulate the limbic brain in animals to get like, you know, them to be more aggressive or fear or whatever. So when they're doing all those experiments on animals, which I'm not promoting, but I'm just saying they use the limbic part of the brain in animals to invigorate or kind of like stimulate emotion and those survival instincts. So I read this book one time and it stuck with me forever. It was literally, it was literally a marriage book because I'm psycho and I've been reading, like I love reading relationship books because they always teach you communication skills and about the brain and I've never used them for relationships. I've always used them for like business and communicate communication with people, which is what you do in relationship anyway. But there was this one book I read and I believe it was, what was it called? It was Getting the Love You Want and it was by Harville Hicks or no, sorry, Harville Hendricks and then his wife as well, which I believe is Helen Hunt. A lot of H's in that. And they wrote a whole section in the beginning of their book about the brain because their whole book was about communication. But I loved the terms that they used to describe the brain. And I, I use it all the time, no matter what the topic is. So the brain stem in the limbic brain, he called it the old brain. Now, I don't know if that's like a term that's used a lot or somebody else made it up, but I did get it from that one book. So I'm just going to credit that guy. So (laughs) the old brain, again, because the old brain is a combination of the brain stem and the limbic brain, and it has the same exact vertebrae that would be in a reptile's brain and that like lower forms of mammals have. So again, evolution built more, more of our brain up. That's why we can like logically think, but animals all have this one part and this is automatic reactions again like fear aggression I have to use the bathroom I have to do this and that that's the part of the brain that is the limbic brain it's automatic responses 
So with that being said, that entire part of the brain is just wired to protect us. It's wired to do all those automatic responses and it's wired to pretty much make sure we stay safe, whatever that means to that part of the brain. It might have changed, hint, since we've been like, you know, organisms that like crawled out of a lake and we're like half human. So, so we'll circle back to the limbic brain in a moment. But I want to introduce the other part of the brain that kind of conflicts with it. So like I said, the lower part of the brain is like the older part of the brain. And as we move up, there's like the newer part of the brain. And this is going to be the part of the brain where it's the most developed again, because it's where all the cognitive functions happen. It's called the cerebral cortex. So that's like the big fatty part of the brain that's on top of this. And again, this guy in that book, um, Hicks? Oh my God, no, his name's not Hicks. What's his name? I keep forgetting it. There's so many H's. Um, Hendrix. It sounds like Hicks, like somewhere in my head, but he coined it the new brain because again, it's newer in evolutionary history. So I can refer to them as the old brain and the new brain, or the old brain is going to be the brainstem and the limbic system. And then the new brain is going to be the cerebral cortex, but we're going to zoom in, in the cerebral cortex. The prefrontal cortex is the decision-making part of the brain. And that's the part that's going to kind of come up with all the ideas and stuff, but it's involved in procrastination. So this is the part of the brain that's behind your forehead. It's called the prefrontal cortex. And it's actually one of the last parts of your brain to mature because again, you're moving up the brain like and stuff. So this area is responsible for things like planning, prioritizing, and making decisions, making good decisions, which is why um, it actually develops around 25. So that's why when they say people under 25 make bad decisions, it's because of the literal part of your brain that makes good decisions is like not even done. It's like at like 70%. So at 25 is when your brain is supposed to like be matured, which is like so disappointing. Cause I'm like, this is it. Like <laughs> I literally still wear a SpongeBob backpack like to work every day. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I have a few more, <laughs> maybe they'll give me a few more in the bank to like grow it. But I think I'm done sadly. So this is the part of the brain that allows us to do or like process, I'd say, like pros and cons of a decision before it's made. Um, that's the one thing that most animals cannot do, according to science, because I'm a hippie and I'm like, no, animals are smart. But according to science, they don't have that decision-making part of the brain, which humans have. But this part of the brain is kind of what creates the conflict with the old brain and creates this kind of push and pull where we don't know what to do in our head and we kind of hold ourselves back or we get overwhelmed. So again, it's responsible for like any ING verb, basically thinking, observing, like making decisions. Anticipation actually comes from this part of the brain, um, responding to things, organizing info and creating ideas. So now that we know what these two parts of the brain kind of represent, this is where the, the big battle, the clash kind of happens. So you have the new brain making ideas, but then you have the old brain trying to keep you safe. So, um, fear, which can manifest as a lot of different things. Basically, I think there's two, two, two sides of the scale. Whenever we're talking about why we hold ourselves back, it's like, we're either doing things out of, and you, you can get, use a different word, but for simplicity's sake, I'm going to just plug this word in. You're doing things out of love or out of fear. And like love can mean like other stuff, but fear can manifest in a lot of different ways. It can manifest as procrastination, as holding yourself back, as like playing small, perfectionism where you're you're afraid to be seen as like not perfect or your work, you know, like you don't want to put out work unless it's like a hundred percent perfect and you find yourself like 
things are piling up or whatever. Those are all some sort of manifestation of fear. And fear comes from our survival instinct part of the brain in the limbic brain. So we have all the decision making and the logic and the ideas happening in the front of the brain. But then in the back of the brain, we have our our survival instincts manifesting fear in different ways, just trying to keep us safe. Like it's doing its job, you know, it's trying to keep us like where we are, which most of the time is going to be like your comfort zone. Um, And they're at war with each other. So you'll come up with ideas and then the back part of your brain is like, "Mm, babes, no, we have to like that. That's dangerous. We're going to stay here because this is safer. So and it happens on like small levels like this can literally be making a to-do list because there's it's some sort of change it's something a little different and the survival part of your brain is like oh no this is weird we don't usually do this so we're gonna stay here and make it a little bit easier for ourselves or like present moment like when you're tri- when you're prioritizing like your comfort in the present moment like your limbic brain only operates in the present moment it doesn't think about like the future like it just wants you to live now so when you're trying to like logically plan or come up with ideas for the future um your limbic brain like wants you to prioritize right here and now and being comfortable and safe in the here and now rather than the future because it can't like perceive that so that's what it's doing. It's like prioritizing being comfortable right now rather than, I don't know, we can use tons of examples in this episode, but let's say you're trying to get yourself in the habit of going to the gym and you can't get yourself to do it. Instead of making yourself, quote unquote, a little uncomfortable by getting up and going to the gym, your limbic brain is like, no, we have to stay here. Like this is safer. Let's not go, you know? So that's an example of like the push and pull between the limbic brain and the prefrontal cortex. So the whole part of the brain section of this episode was basically to let you know, like, this is why it's so hard sometimes, like trying new things where there could be a possibility of failure, which your brain will think as like fear, death or something unknown is going to happen. It's like scary. It just goes against our actual wiring. So sometimes as weird as it sounds, I think it's comforting to know that whenever I feel some sort of resistance for a task or I find it hard to get something done along the lines of I'm trying to plan something (laughs) for my life, it's because my brain is trying to hold me back, but it's trying to protect me. So when I remember this, it makes it a little easier for me to be like, okay, there's something more happening here. I'm not actually like afraid of these things. It's just against my literal hard coded wiring in my brain, you know? So hopefully you can carry that with you sometimes. Like I always come back to it and I can give myself compassion again because I'm like, my brain is trying to protect me. Like it's not trying to do anything wrong. Like my survival instincts are just trying to keep me saved. So we're on to the next section already. We are done with the science. I wrapped up the science section in under 15 minutes. I'm really excited about that. (laughs) This next section is basically tips on how to take big ideas and make them into tasks that A, aren't too overwhelming and B, that you're going to actually do. So this is pretty much the blueprint of how I come up with a big idea and break it down or if there's something I've been dwelling on how to actually break it down to get it done but also again be realistic like be for real with it kind of so step number one is to actually get clear and that's a really big umbrella there's a few different things you can be doing underneath it to get clear on like what you want to do how you want to do it and all of that um yes we could talk about if you ever heard anything along fitness like smart goals we'll be touching on that like a bit, but it's, it's a little bit more fun and in depth than just being very strict. Like smart goals is basically the concept. If your goals aren't like specific and measurable, attainable, like you're not actually going to do them. So you can't just be like, 
oh, I want to get in shape this year. Like you have to be specific with it in terms of like, okay, what does that mean? How am I getting in shape? Like what form of exercise? How many times a week am I going to do it? Do I have like a goal? Like what does in shape mean to me? Does that mean I want my endurance to go up? Do I want to do it for aesthetic purposes, like look a certain way or whatever, you know, like there's, you have to kind of break things down. And as simple as that sounds like, I swear, like even when I still come up with goals or I find myself writing things down sometimes, I'm like vague as shit. <laughs> like I am so vague and I have to actually look at myself and be like, oh, maybe that's why I'm actually not getting anything done in that area is because my goal is like so vague. So yes, that does stand true. But when I say be clear, I want to talk a little bit about actually getting clear with yourself and this is why (laughs) here I go mindfulness and like meditation kind of tie into this because when you're when you do meditation practice or whatever a form of like quieting the mind and coming into the present moment and like learning to listen to yourself whether that be learning to listen to what your mind's telling you your heart's telling you or your physical body is telling you you get to know yourself better and when you get to know yourself better it makes things a lot clearer because maybe you have an urge to do something or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you, you don't like something because your emotions are indicators and they tell you when you do or not like something. And when you don't like something, it's kind of pointing you in a direction to maybe look at the things you like in a way. Um, but I want to talk about getting clear on what your values are and like what your dreams are. And to do that, we got to spend some time with ourselves. Boo. Boo, I know. (laughs) Like sitting down and actually getting clear about these things. Because sometimes I feel like in my head, I can be like, oh, I like this. I know I want to do this. I know I want to do that. But everything's in your head. And sometimes writing things out or doing a meditation where you're doing like a guided meditation. Because I do think that guided meditation is pretty much like a form of journaling but you're not writing anything. You're just debriefing in your head. If you don't actually take the time to sit down and conceptualize these things, they're not... Like you're not going to be as clear as you think you are. You can think you're so specific on things in your mind, but you're really not. And I'm saying this from my own point of view. Like I do this daily. Like I have to remind myself, maybe we should write everything down, like brain dump. Cause once you see it on paper, sometimes it comes out a little differently than it's in your head. Or if you start to actually dive in and ask yourself questions, you can get a little deeper on what you want. So the idea of values, I've touched on values before in other episodes. I haven't done a full episode about them, but values quickly is like we all value certain things in our lives and it's going to be individual and unique from person to person so some person might value security more than freedom and that may and that's a personal preference um and that might influence the way that they choose what they want to do for work um some people value travel over again that has to do with stability but sometimes people value dings over other things. I want to get more specific with it. I have a journaling page. I'm going to go run and get it actually, because I think that might help. I can pull up like my values, which yay, (laughs) sharing about myself on the internet again. Love it. Okay. So it doesn't have to be, I was presenting it a minute ago, like it was this or that, but it doesn't have to be that. So this is a values meditation that I did one time and I have it in my journal. I It's old. It's probably like two years old, but it's very similar because your values, they can change, but most of the time they're going to be stuff that you, it's just true to your heart. So things I value in life for me, I put freedom because it's very important, like in a lot of different areas, like freedom for me, like I love the freedom of not being tied down to like a job in the sense of like, like I do a lot of different jobs and I work 
work hard to like make a living, but I do it because I think I value the freedom of being able to kind of make my own schedule. Like I still have to follow some things, but kind of make my own schedule. I have that freedom to kind of travel because I know it's very valuable to me. Um, I also put adventure, like I value adventure in my life. Like I want to have adventures. I value my health. That's like a good example. I think most likely if you're listening to this podcast, you're somewhere in that area where you value your health. Like it's very important to you in this lifetime that in some form or way you take care of your health, whether that's mental health, physical health, like the food you're eating, the way you move your body, like that's something in your life that it's almost like a non-negotiable is a way to think of values, like something that's non-negotiable in your life. Um, I hate reading my own stuff out loud sometimes. Like I put success, um, service, love, all of that type of stuff in there. And again, considering these values when you make decisions. So like when you're taking like big decisions, like does it go against your values? Does it go with your values? Um, and again, you can envision like how your future self looks and the values that that person has to get them there. So if you want to think backwards again, which is one of my favorite things to do ever is like always think backwards. So envision yourself, let's say your vision is you want to own a business and I'm like, <laughs> Who am I kidding? I just keep saying my own stuff. But let's say you, you want to be a successful business owner and you want to be able to like work remotely. So what values would you need? Again, you would have to value success. You would have to value freedom. And for me, I put service because like I want to help people in what I do. I want to do something that's not just for myself. Like in some way, the work I do benefits people. So that's kind of my values. And I think I had to think backwards to get those. So if you want to do an exercise where you envision what you want your future to look like or your goal and what values does that person have that you need to be instilling in your life now? Like what do they have and what do they prioritize that got them to where they are? So that's an awesome exercise if you you want to conceptualize a little bit more or you have a vision, but you don't know what steps to take to get there. It will show you what areas in your life are very important to you to match up with that vision. So that's a great exercise to do. Next would be doing like a little bit of an audit or like a check-in on the different areas in your life. So you can break that down, like, you know, the areas of like wellness, um, your emotional wellness, your intellectual wellness, like your environmental wellness, your social wellness, uh, like your relationships, your spirituality, career, your business. Um, I even sometimes like to add in like fun and habits and you can put those as categories in a list, you know, like again, like spirituality, then health, relationships, career. And you can write down either goals you have in those areas, or you can maybe free write about like, what do you want to experience in those areas just to kind of focus on, I don't know. It's like, we always have these dreams and things in our heads, but kind of breaking it down into these areas helps you to, again, conceptualize what you actually want to work towards. So I, I like calling them like self audits, but before you go into a planner, cause our next steps have to do with very specific, but I wanted to talk about getting clear because your values, your dreams, the areas in your life that you want to like focus on spending some time, just put aside 30 minutes one day to just check in on everything. It could help you actually come up with that specific thing, that goal. Oh, I want to have this. I want to do this. Or this would be a great way for me to like make sure I'm getting these values in my life. Um, yeah, journaling and taking time to ask. Just, I wrote down the note, like, just don't say it in your head. Cause I find myself like, I used to be so against journaling cause I just didn't want to do it. And I'd be like, no, like, I don't need to journal. Like I can ask myself the question right now and get the answer. 
but sometimes when you write it out, it's very different. Or if you're doing a guided meditation and you're spending time in meditation, answering these questions, they come out so much better, so much clearer and much more specific than they would be if I'm just sitting here. Like I'll listen to a podcast sometimes and like they'll ask a journaling question. I'm like, Oh, easy and say it in my head. And then I'm like, no girl, like actually answer that question in a journal. Like it'll come out so much better and clearer when you do it that way. (laughs) Note number two, very similar, but note number one again was get clear. Number two is specifics. So once you get clear on the areas of your life that you want to work on, improve on, maybe find out what your values are, just spending some time with yourself to figure out what you really like, put aside the time. I kind of ended on this note on the last step, but put aside about 30 minutes, whether it's once this entire month, just put aside 30 minutes, play a really fun playlist. Maybe you can even like make a vision board while you're doing it. Like you can turn it into a cute activity to sit down and just get clear on what you want to do or achieve. And if none of this is resonating with you, if it sounds a little overwhelming, just free write three pages of what lights you up. And then you can jump around on the areas that I said, so maybe on the top of the page, you can put like, you don't have to do a bullet list, but you can just put the words like spirituality, health, relationships, my travel, career, business, and then just free write things that light you up or things that would light you up. So writing them out and you can look up at the top of the page for guidance. So if you're running out of ideas, because sometimes with free writing, you might feel like you're running out of ideas or you don't know where to go next. You can be writing about I don't know, like I love to paint. I love to be outside. I love nature. I love the birds. And then you look up and you see the word health and you could be like, I love going to workout classes. I love meeting people at workout classes. And I love going to the sauna and spending time doing this. And then it kind of helps like jog the memory, but free writing down specific things that you enjoy or you want to do is going to help you really get this big map before you get started on breaking down your goals. And I think that these steps are really important because a lot of the time it's like, we just jump to, we want to jump to putting our tasks in our book or just doing this, but spending the time kind of breaking down all these really big ideas. And you don't have to do this all at once. Like you can do this brainstorm session and then come back to like planning in the future, but just putting aside, like, I don't know, like you have this whole life. And sometimes I like to look at it as like, you deserve like 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes to write down what you want to do in this life or spend that time just getting clear on what you enjoy and what lights you up. And then maybe it can also jog your memory to be like, Hey, I wrote down, I love rollerblading and I never do it. Like you can really get something out of this exercise. So number two is get specific on what lights you up. Now we're going to move on to pretty much like the planning process. So this is a really, this is like the big chunk of information I really wanted to get across in this episode. And I needed to give the other stuff so we could get to this. So number three is breaking down the goal into pieces that could be accomplished over months weeks and days. This is very, very similar to the approach that I had in the last episode, which is all about, um, like workout 101, pretty much like how to plan going into the gym and all of that. And I kind of talked about, you need a game. Yes, you have a goal. Yes, you have a game plan, but you need to break it down into how you're going to actually perform that month, that week and that day. And it's kind of the same concept when it comes to If you want to have these goals and let's say you set a goal, um, I could use my own stuff as an example. I, let me, let me pull up something to give a better example in a moment, but, um, it's working backwards. So you want to have this, whatever the goal is, and then you're going to break it down into how, what am I going to sprinkle into each month? So let's say, yes, you work your job, you're working five days a week, but you have this goal. You want to accomplish something either on the side, or maybe it's your health goal. And again, it, 
it's like outside of work or whatever. Maybe it is your work. How can you add a little bit of that into each of the 12 months this year? Like what could you have as a monthly goal that you want to do? or like a monthly task or activity that is going to add up to this big goal. So think about how you can each month kind of chip away at this big vision. Then once you know what you want to do each month, you can break that down into what am I going to do each week, which again is going to be a smaller amount of work. And then what can I do each day? Or it doesn't have to be daily, but it could be like three times a week or whatever. What am I going to do on a day-to-day basis that's going to get me there? So let me get you a specific example so I can make this a little clearer. Okay, so... (laughs) I got some ideas. Um, This can work for habit building. It can work for creating workouts. Like I said, prepping your meals is a good example or building a project. So let's say one of your goals this year was to eat in more because you don't want to spend as much money eating out or you want to make healthier meals or you're trying to play around with meal prep. So that's like your big goal. And again, then you can make it a little bit more specific. So what am I going to do this year? And it can be along the lines of, Uh, like it could be a specific amount of money that you want to save. Like I want to save money or it can be, I just want to get more whole foods in. Like I want to up my veggie count this year. I want to make sure I'm getting three meals of protein, whatever it is, you can find and tailor it. So now that you have your monthly goal, you want to break it down. So I like to work backwards. So starting with the big picture and then thinking what I'm going to do each month and then which of those monthly tasks I'm going to break down into weekly objectives and then little tasks that I can do each day. So an example with the food example would be um, each month I want to cook five days a week, two days a week, whatever, whether it's leftovers, whether it's going out to eat, doesn't matter. Your goal is I want to cook five days a week and I'm trying to like get my veggies up. That's the reason you're doing this. So looking at your month, cooking five days a week, you're going to need food, which means you're going to have to do a grocery run once a week. So in your planner, you can plan four grocery runs for the month going each week to get your groceries. Then Um, let's say for example, what works best for you is getting your groceries on Sunday, but you want to relax Sunday evening. Totally fine. I get it. And then Monday is your prep day. So let's say you have off Mondays or something and you're going to prep, um, all your veggies in the morning. So you're going to pre-cut all your veggies. So you're going to cut up your peppers. You're going to get your spinach ready. You're going to put everything away so that it's ready to go. So that during your week, all you have to focus on is like cooking your protein or cooking your carb. And then all your veggies are already chopped up or like cooked or whatever. They're already done. You already pre-made your veggies. What that means is now looking at your schedule, you're going to have to set aside one day where you're going shopping and then on another day you're going to be doing prep. So for your week, you're going to be doing two different, two days are going to be like kind of put away for your goal, you know, and then looking at the actual time, it's going to take you an hour and a half to do the grocery shopping, come home and unload it. And then it's going to take you one hour to do the prep. So at the end of the day, like the end of the week, you're putting aside two and a half hours towards this goal. So that's how you're looking at it, you know? This way you're actually getting stuff done. It's not super overwhelming. You have two days where you're breaking up the stuff and you're only spending like an hour, you know, for example. But it's a big complex goal, but now you're showing yourself each month I'm going to be putting aside two days during the weeks and then each week I'm going to be putting aside just about two hours towards this thing. And this could be taking this model can be used in different types of goals, like whatever you have. The idea is that these tangible little tasks are going to add up week by week, month by month to build what you actually want to achieve. So again, you can use this for any habit you're trying to instill, any type of workout program you're trying to create on your own. If you need help with that, 
that's my specialty. So feel free to DM me. That's like what I do. Again, prepping your meals. We do that too. We talk about like how to actually set aside the time and make it something that you can return to, but you can do this for building projects or just any goals you have. It's my favorite method. So that was number three. So moving on to number four, this is all about finding a medium that you can return to, to track or just keep note of your goals. So this can be different for every person. It can be a journal, like a blank journal. It could be a physical planner, a digital planner. It could be a notes app or software. So some softwares I love for planning. I'm going to tell you what I do, but um, Notion is really good. GoodNotes is also awesome. That's an app. And then Evernote I used in college. I haven't used it in years, but I did use it in school and I liked it. So I currently use Notion. Um, I started using Notion again this past year. So I've been using it for the past six months. Like I've had it for a while, but I was using a iPad planner on GoodNotes. So GoodNotes is like almost like a Microsoft Word, I'd say, like, but for your iPad. So you can open up files in it and you can also take notes. Um, and I was using a planner from this girl called Flourish Planner, which I very much enjoy. It's a great planner. I just found myself after reflecting, I wasn't reaching for my iPad as much as like my phone. And I felt like for me, the model worked really good on the iPad, but I wasn't using it on my phone. The re- like, cause I was writing everything in by hand and it was really cute and pretty, but I wasn't using it the way I wanted to. So then I switched back to notion because notion allows me to use all three of my devices. Um, so if I'm on my desktop, like the laptop, if I'm on my iPad or if I'm on the phone, wherever I am, I have access to my notion. And even though I love the iPad cause I can like write in my handwriting and stuff, Notion just allows me to like type a bulleted list really quickly. And I just, I really like it. I was using my own format on Notion for the longest time, which I'll explain kind of how Notion works like very vaguely, but I want to do either an episode or a YouTube video on Notion and how I use it and everything. Cause I think it's like a life, it's a game changer, but it like, it saves everything. Honestly, I love it. And I was using originally my own planner. So I watched a bunch of YouTube videos because honestly, Notion's a free software. You can watch YouTube videos, learn how to use it. There's a bit of a learning curve, but like I like YouTube has so many tutorials. If you put aside time, like you can get it done. It's awesome. I made my own planner. So I was using like a database and then in the database, I was like listing all my tasks and I was labeling them as certain things, either something I can get done in five minutes, something that takes 30 minutes or like a big project. And then I was also like labeling what job it had to do. Like if it, um, like categorizing it kind of like an Excel sheet. So I'd put like, this is for my podcast. This is for my business. This is for the job I work. This is for this job. This is like a habit I'm trying to do. This is like my to-do list. And then I could filter the list to see, okay, what, um, what like five minute tasks can I do today? And I like filter it or I'm like, what do I have to do for this job? And I can filter it and see. So I really liked that element of it. Recently, I bought a new template for my notion that I do like a lot more, not I just, it's so much more rigid, but I like it because it's keeping me, um, in it, you know, like my database that I made was awesome, but it was kind of overwhelming after a while. I am working on making my own notion, like template kind of combining the one I'm using now versus like the other things I was using. Hopefully throughout the year, I want to give it some time, 
but I, I kind of want to drop it. So like if anybody wants a template in the future, I think I'm going to like work on it, but it's going to take me a little bit because I really want to like perfect what I'm using now and make it something that's like not overwhelming, but notions where it's at. If you want a video on notion or another episode where I talk more about it, let me know because And I don't think I described it well enough, but Notion is basically the same thing. It's like a note-taking app, but there's also like databases and hyperlinks that you can use in it. And you can also use HTML if you want to like make it pretty and stuff and add features like Spotify playlists, all that. But what it is like for me pretty much is I have like a main page, like a dashboard where I can see all my work like on one page and it's very minimal. It's very organized, but my to-do list itself, instead of just like typing in a to-do list or writing it on paper, my to-do list has, it's like functional. So they're almost like hyperlinks. So I can check off when I'm done with a task. But for example, I have mine set up. So when I don't do a task or I didn't get to do it, it'll carry over to the next day, which I think is awesome. And then if I check it off, it like deletes off my list. So it's awesome if I don't get to do something, it'll carry over automatically to the next day so I can see it again. And then what I mean by hyperlink is like, let's say for example, on my to-do list today, I had record this episode and they're hyperlinked. So when I click on record the episode, I, it opens up like a, like a side page where then I can type my script. I can put my photos, my documents, everything I want to do all up in that page. And it's kind of all organized in one place. And it doesn't have to be clustered because when I don't want to view that page, I can just like close out of the hyperlink and it's just very minimal. So I really like it because there's a lot of functionality in it. There's a lot of things I can plug and put into it. And it's really nice to look at. But then when I want to open stuff up and get really deep, it's all in one place. So big up to Notion. (laughs) Big fan. But we're going to move on to the next topic. Because again, I just want you to find something that works for you. Because there's times where like I liked paper better. Um, You can use whatever you want. But yeah. Okay. Moving on to the next point. We are down to our last two points. This is my last almost note-taking scheduling note non-negotiables. So when I was talking about how I have two or three things to tick off on a list, that's what this is. A non-negotiable, and this is the way I like to look at my daily spread and what makes it very manageable for me. And the reason I can pick a non-negotiable, it's basically picking three things each day that you're going to do no matter what. I have to look at that big picture first. You know, I can break it all down for the month and I know I can like spread this stuff out over the year, but picking three things that I can do each day no matter what really helps me get it done because I just know I have to get three main things done everything else comes after these are the three most important things I have to do and then again making sure there's something that I'm actually going to do so it's not going to be like finish this entire project in one day or do this two hour bit of work when I know I only have two hours and I have to get three things done so it's something that you don't want to make a big project or a task that's impossible to do that day but you want to make it something that you're going to do so that you earn trust with yourself because that's kind of like the key to like beating procrastination is like earning trust with yourself by kind of getting these things done so to get these things done you want to make it something manageable and that's going to be different for every single person depending on your lifestyle depending on the days of the week because maybe Thursdays and Fridays are better for you than the beginning of the week or if you have kids or you're doing a lot of stuff like it's being realistic on what you can actually do that day and, and working around it with yourself, which is why I started with one and two. Cause I want you to kind of like get to know yourself better by working on journaling and meditation and all of that. 
But again, being real with yourself, making sure there's tasks you're actually truly going to do with the schedule that lines up with your weekly and your monthly visions. So three non-negotiables and they can be big tasks, small tasks, whatever. For me today, for example, like I have actually have to like do a work shift, but in between that, I made sure I recorded this episode. I wrote the script another day. So that's how I was able to like break it down and make it manageable. I knew I wouldn't have time to do the script and the episode, but I'm doing this episode and then I'm recording a meditation. So that's going to be like one block, um, that I put. Another thing was I had to like call an email something, you know, I had to deal with that, which wasn't really long. And once I did it, it felt great. I actually forget what my other tick is, but whatever. I had like three things I needed to get done in this. Oh, I had to message somebody from my job and like work out, um, something. Oh, my phone is ringing. Okay. That was Aidan. So thank you for ruining my show. But (laughs) that's all I wanted to say was like picking three things that you can actually get done and the best thing to do before picking those three things is like looking at your week and your month in advance. And that's what has really helped me get things accomplished. My final tip is taking a leap because you're in this cycle basically where when you don't get something done and then you, you kind of get this guilt feeling and then you'll come up with an idea and want to do something and then you don't get it done. And it kind of puts you into this cycle of like highs and lows. So to break that cycle is, I would say to take a leap. (laughs) I feel like you can say this for a lot of different things, but sometimes just getting the momentum going is all you need. So it could be as small as let's say your goal is this big goal and you don't know where to go with it. It could be picking up a book on a topic you're interested in. You don't even have to read it, but just going to the store and getting the book of this topic. For me, like one of these goals this past year, I've been really interested in learning more about herbs. So a few months ago, I kind of used this and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a book. And then I ended up enrolling in a course like a month later. Um, So that could be another thing, getting enrolling in a course, um, texting somebody that you've been putting off, joining a membership or a club. It's basically a good way to break the cycle. Also a perfectionism pattern because sometimes we won't even do anything until we feel we're ready. We're like, oh no, I'm not there yet. I need to have this done. I need to be at this level. I need to be this strong before I can do that or join that or be here or I have to lose this amount of weight before I do this. Like, you know, all those stories your brain tells you try to break the cycle with something small, something small. That's like a tiptoe in the direction of what you want to do. And my last bit of advice, I have two journaling questions that you can use that if you want to discover maybe what's holding you back or it just helps you with clarity. Um, one question that's really good for perfectionism per se is why am I thinking it's better to wait? And that's when you can find yourself writing out all the excuses or reasons that you're not doing something or even better yet, maybe you write nothing. So that can help get the ball moving. If you kind of get everything that's in your head out on paper, or you can even just do like a voice recording session if you don't like writing, but just getting it out. The next thing would be it's almost like a self-worth issue kind of. So what makes me think that this isn't valuable enough to dedicate time to? Ooh. So those are my two questions for you to ask yourself um, and why you're putting off something or not doing it or whatever, perfectionism, procrastination, just putting it off your list. Why am I thinking it's better to wait to do this? And what makes me think that this isn't valuable enough to dedicate time to? 
So that is all for me this week on the pod. Um, as usual, my Instagram is happy holistic hippie. Feel free to follow DM me anything. If you have questions about this episode or if you have ideas, I also had this lovely conversation with, I'm going to give it a little shout out. Miss Sherry DM me the other day and we were chatting and yeah, I have this new episode that I'm actually building off of what we were talking about. And I also had another DM um, as well. Like, I love it when it happens because like I can talk to people and then they let me know kind of like what resonates with them and where they're going in their journey. So I have ideas. So if that's you and you feel like you listen to the show and you have ideas on something or something you want more clarity on, we can DM about it. It doesn't have to be an episode, but we can talk about it. But it also gives me a little bit of idea of like what everybody's into and where you're going and where you've been and what we can talk about on the show. So always open if you want to DM and chat. Like I love it. I'm bad at DMs though. Like I'm, I have my phone's always on not do not disturb. So I will get back to you. That sounds like something somebody famous would say. I just, I don't have an excuse. I'm just bad at like checking my phone and hundreds of notifications and I get, <laughs> I get overwhelmed with it, but I do answer. So sorry if I'm like late. I'm late with everybody's messages. It's not a brag. It's just the way I've been operating because I try to stay off my phone a lot. Anyway, moving back on to one last thing I want to say. Um, yeah, I'm going to link below my Instagram, my YouTube channel. I have free yoga classes and meditations on there. I've also started posting on Insight Timer, which is a meditation platform. So I'm on there as well. I'm just going to link everything that I'm on down in the description if you want more free resources. I've just been putting a lot of stuff out there for free. So feel free to check it out. It'll be below. And until next time, I hope you have a beautiful day.